the first thing you need to know is who am I reaching out to? Who do I want to work with? Who do I best serve? And once you can identify the ideal clients or the ideal markets, then it becomes very clear how to reach them, what media make the most sense to reach them, what message would attract them. And then you can use all of that information to lay out a marketing plan. Hey, Feasters, welcome to episode eight of season five of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you improve your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. Elise Bennon has been working with creative professionals for the past 30 years, helping them getting marketing right. Elise provides training and education for creative professionals to help them build their marketing plan, target the right sort of client, and create a sense of community through the simplest marketing planner. In this episode, we dive into how to get clients with bigger budgets, how creative professionals, web developers, web designers can be great in the business side of things as well how with three simple tools you can get marketing right, and how social media fits within your marketing for your business and what you are doing wrong. During this conversation, you'll hear how Elise ties everything together nice and simply to reduce the overwhelm by leveraging what's available to you. And listen closely to the end where I ask her what's next. If you've listened closely to this whole episode, you shouldn't be surprised by her answer. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers like you wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that is both profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get exclusive access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to expert for your services. That, together with the monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit-chat, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to build a business around the life of your dreams. If you're serious about not competing on price and having those clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast today. Head over to feastcourse.com. If you use the code SIMPLEST at checkout, you'll receive 15% off of the annual membership price. Feasters, welcome. Season five is all about selling your service. And I'm super excited today to have on the show Elise Bennon. Welcome, Elise. Welcome. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here. Elise teaches creative professionals exactly how to get better projects with bigger budgets. Selling your service does not happen without marketing. And Elise, founder of marketing-mentor or marketing-mentor.com, author of seven books, including Creative Professional's Guide to Money, 
which a lot of us creative professionals are terrible at money. So that's a great book to pick up. Host of two podcasts and an outstanding 30-year career. She's seen that most people do marketing backwards. And she's created the simplest marketing planner, which isn't a course or membership, a journal or download. As you say, at least, it's more like a magazine subscription. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that. Why don't you share with the audience here why you do what you do? Well, I mean, the answer to why is also the answer to how I started. I mean, really, I was just trying to help the people in my orbit in New York, where I Mm -hmm. lived for 30 years, and they were mostly creative people and they were disorganized and I was a little bit more organized and I just thought that's something I can do to help. And so I just started helping people get organized and I noticed that at the bottom of everybody's pile, there was always something that had to do with self-promotion and marketing or the business side of whatever their creativity was. And in that situation, it was a lot of musicians and actors and artists and they were just not doing the self-promotion. And so we would get to the bottom of their pile and there would always be something there that they hadn't done or was too late to do. And I just said, let's do this. Let's send those people the information they're looking for. Let's get you into this craft fair. Let's get the word out about the business. And I just noticed that over and over, that was the main problem was People were using clutter to get in the way of their marketing. So I feel like, you know, I do what I do. It's evolved over the years into what is now a marketing mentor, but I do it because it seems to be what people need. And I am just constantly coming across creative people. That's the world I live in. And Mm -hmm. whenever I say, you know, I teach people how to get better clients with bigger budgets. Their eyes, you know, kind of go wide open. Wow. How do you do that? Like as if it's a big mystery, which you and I know it's not. Right. So for those that have got their ears perked up now, how do you do that? Well, I do it a couple different ways. I mentor one-on-one and guide people step-by-step through the process of marketing the right way. I'll talk a little bit if you want about marketing backwards, because that's what most people seem to do. But I try to guide people in the direction that they're trying to go. And so you kind of have to know where you're trying to get to in order for me to help you. I can't tell you where to go, but I do that, you know, one-on-one because in a way it's a shift of a mindset for most people. Most creative people, as you said, you know, think they're bad with money, don't want to toot their own horn. And there are all of these obstacles to the simple things, the common sense things people need to do to actually get clients or get better clients. And so I just try to little by little strip that away and you know, point you in the right direction. So I do that one-on-one. I also do it in groups, small group coaching. I speak, I write, I've got my podcast. I know I just try to deliver the information in all the different ways people might want to consume it. Mm. Yeah. It's similarly the same thing. I have two podcasts myself, obviously. That's my medium of choice. I enjoy that the most, more so than writing. I've spoken at some events and things like that. I got a couple of questions, actually. Mm -hmm. One of which is, is, why do you feel that creative professionals are so averse to some of those things? Like, what, What have you found in working with them that puts them in that mindset that they 
can't or they won't do that or they're not comfortable in doing that. What have you found? It's really just a lack of education and training, I think, at the bottom of it all. I mean, some people were told early on that because they're good with something creative, they can't also be good with business or logic or numbers. And I believe that is totally false. In fact, I think it takes a lot of creativity to build a business, to negotiate, to do the business business things people need to do. And in fact, I find that if you can show people how to bring their creativity to the business side, then they actually enjoy it. And in a way, that's my mission is to show how show people how to be creative in the business side of their business. But, you know, as I said, it's education, it's training, and most art schools, design schools, where you go to learn about the craft, they do not teach you the business side. And so they, you know, you go out there and, you know, maybe you get a job for a while, or maybe you're unemployable like I was, or maybe (laughs) you don't last long at a job because you really just want to do your art. And so most of the people I work with, you know, do what they do because they love it, but they also have to make a living at it and they don't know how. And so really it's just education and training that they didn't get, but sometimes don't quite realize they need to go get, that it's not too late to get. And so they just feel bad, like, oh no, I'm never going to be able to do this. It's, you know, it's distasteful. I mean, marketing does have a bad connotation. Networking gets a bad rap. And so again, I just try to redefine all of these terms and help people figure out what is the way they can do it that would be comfortable for each person. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I had to, like you mentioned there, like, you know, you didn't, you had a skill, you did the freelancing thing for a bit. I almost had went two years and then I found that I didn't know anything about the business side Mm -hmm. of things, the contracts, the marketing, the sales, the client management, the offboarding, the onboarding, all of these things. So I had to go get a job, but I knew what I wanted, the direction of where my life was going to take me. I kept that front of mind and I went and I worked and learned all of those things over time, conversations, right? I sought after those conversations to learn what I could do to better my education, my training. Mm -hmm. And so 2010 is the last time I had a full-time job. And for me, it's funny that you mentioned it, that it's not too late to learn these things because I, uh, Ryan Carson of Treehouse um, was on an episode And he was, he literally said on that show that, you know, he's built a business, very successful business, global company, and he's only now learning how to use sales and marketing to further his business and further his mission in in life. And it was like a revelation to me. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not too late. You know, it's very successful. And you know, you're very successful and you say that like, there's no, no wrong time to do this. It's just now, like if you need to know now's the way to do it. So, but you know, sometimes people think they should already know. And I feel like that creates what people often call imposter syndrome, that they feel like a fraud because they're kind of winging it and it's kind of working until it's not. And then when things get really bad, 
they panic and that feels like it's too late to actually learn or learn enough to get the business back up and running. I come across people a lot who are who have put themselves in that position. And so that's why I try to, you know, use content marketing to educate people so that they can learn, you know, a little bit along the way and not try to jam it all in, you know, like a like a high school student, right, right? you know, cramming for a test. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You can't you have to set yourself up for some success. Mm-hmm. You can't kind of cram it in at the end. So what are some of the the strategies that you employ? Like I've I've listened to some of your talks, I've listened to some of your podcasts, read some of your blog posts and things like that. There's some keys there that I really love. Things about curiosity, things about relationships. I mean, these are the things that you don't necessarily hear too many people talking about in their marketing. Mm. Can you shed some light on that? Sure. So let me start with the idea of doing marketing backwards, because I think this is what often people do. And marketing backwards is starting with the marketing tools. Oh, I should do social media. I should be on Instagram. I need to do a blog. I need a newsletter. That's backwards. The first thing you need to know is who am I reaching out to? Who do I want to work with? Who do I best serve? And once you can identify the ideal clients or the ideal markets, then it becomes very clear how to reach them, what media make the most sense to reach them, what message would attract them. And then you can use all of that information to lay out a marketing plan. And the three tools that I teach this year, and especially in, you referred to the simplest marketing planner, and that's my new marketing plan for 2019. And it focuses on three tools and only three tools, because again, people get overwhelmed by all the possible marketing tools they could be Mm -hmm. using, and then they do nothing. They get paralyzed. So I'm just saying three tools built on a foundation. So the foundation is LinkedIn. You usually have to have a really strong LinkedIn profile and what I call a marketing smart website, which is a website that speaks to the needs of the prospects and clients. It's not all about you. It's about their needs and how you serve them. With that foundation in place, you do three tools, strategic networking, targeted outreach, and what I call high quality bat signal content marketing. And curiosity is the root of all of this, especially the content marketing. So you use curiosity. What do you want to know? What do you need to know about your market? And you learn it and that you turn that into content, into the content that you put out there that speaks to the pain points of your ideal clients. And you use it to help develop relationships because relationships are key. And that's what marketing is. A lot of people think, oh, I need a thousand prospects. No, you need 25 really good prospects that you can nurture and develop and cultivate relationships with over time. And if you've chosen properly, and if it is a viable market, a certain percentage percentage of those will turn into clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I mean, when somebody says the three tools that you need, you don't often think that it's it's the work, right? The nurturing the relationships, those things that you, you, you're talking about, it's communication. You don't need whatever Instagram strategy there is or whatever the hot tool of the moment is to outreach to folks. You just need 
that handful of clients that you really can relate to and help in in that sort of sense. You mentioned LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Is that where you find these strategies work the best? Well, the thing is that the reason I choose these three tools or these five with the foundation is because they work well together. If you connect the dots of them so that the same people see your message from various angles at all different times, then the odds are higher that they'll see it at a moment when they're open to it and can actually respond. So LinkedIn is one of those things because you can use it as your own blog. You can publish your content on your LinkedIn profile, which is better than publishing it on your own blog because no one's going to your blog and they're already on LinkedIn. So that's really one of the best ways to use content. And then in terms of connecting with people, If you have a title, the headline or the title on your LinkedIn profile that speaks to, again, the needs and the pain points and the keywords that your ideal clients would be using to search for someone like you, then when they search, they'll find you. Or if they happen to be looking at someone else's profile and they see on the right hand margin, people also viewed and your image, your name, and, you know, four words of your title come up and it rings true for them, it's, it represents what they need, then again, that's a connection and they may connect with you or they may accept your invitation and then you can start a dialogue. So it's one tool that I would say should not be used in isolation, but in tandem with strategic networking, targeted outreach, because you can do the targeted outreach, which is highly selective and customized outreach. You can do that on LinkedIn and then they're already there. They see your high quality bat signal content marketing. Mm. So would your title essentially be your elevator pitch then? It could be. Some people put their elevator pitch in their title. Some people put a paint or uh, let's see if I can think of a good one at the moment. I mean, some people put the what they do and who they do it for in their title, because that really tells everything. At the very least, it should not be an actual title, right? I mean, LinkedIn was made for people with jobs. And those of us who don't have jobs need to develop workarounds so that it works for us. And so that's why, you know, don't put freelancer. Don't put even freelance writer or freelance designer. You need to be more specific so that it speaks to the people who might see it and who you're trying to attract. Mm. Yeah, it's perfect. I think I have to go update yes, my LinkedIn that's, profile. I won't critique it, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about the bat signal content. Mm-hmm. What is that specifically? So it's the difference between Developing material about what you know, which is not bad signal content, versus what you know your clients are struggling with, which is bad signal content, and it's bad signal because it attracts them, because it's about them. So a lot of, and this actually goes for a lot of different types of professionals. We understand what we do, I hope so, 
We want to learn about what mm-hmm. we do. We want to disseminate information about what we do. But what we do is probably not all that relevant to the people we do it for. All they want to know is that we'll take care of it, that we will get right. it done, that we will deliver on time, that we will do it right. And so if you create content about you know the latest CMS content management system that you're using or one new widget that goes with WordPress, if you're a, wor- a, a website designer, that's not going to be of interest to your clients. So that's not bat signal content. What bat signal content would be if you're targeting nonprofits, for example, then you focus your content on what a website needs to be doing to make it easy for people to donate. What should the donate button look like? Where should it be? How many pages should it be on? That's the content that speaks to the pain points, which is they need more donations, speaks to the pain point of that market. Is that clear? Yeah, hundred percent. I And I couldn't agree more. I mean, that was a hard lesson that I had to learn. Uh, I'm still learning to this day. And it's really learning through having conversations with clients. And I've had leads that I've had sales conversations with, you know, video chats or face-to-face where I'm asking questions 20 minutes in, we haven't even talked any sort of technology. And I've had them stop me and be like, so I've never been asked any of these types of questions before from a developer. Are you sure you're a developer? (laughs) And I'm just trying to figure out exactly what the project looks like. What, why is it so important to you? How does it affect you? How does it affect your customers? What, what's a home run? What's a fail, right? Like knowing all of these, these answers helps me be able to, one, either provide the solution for you or two, know that I can't do that. And then maybe I can refer you elsewhere. And You know, the thing that I find interesting is that a lot of people, again, especially creative people who identify as introverts or are shy or think of themselves as shy, or maybe were just told early on that they were shy, they don't really want to talk to anyone. And so trying to help them to cultivate relationships is very difficult because they don't really want to do it. They would rather fiddle with their website and make it look pretty or add, you know, more pictures to the portfolio or, you know, tweak. I have one client who every day sends me another version of an email outreach. I'm thinking maybe this will be better. What do you think about this one? Maybe this one will be better. I'm like, just try it. Go ahead. Let's test. Right? Right. It's all an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've, I've spoken with some feast community members, right? That's a community that I, that I run where they're like, I don't want to be the face of the company. I don't want to, you know, get up and speak. I don't want to do podcasts like this. And I always say to myself, I have introverted tendencies and all that really means. And, and uh, I was speaking with somebody else about this is really what that means is that I just, I get energy from being by myself. So if I'm around certain, a lot of people, or I'm doing a podcast, or I'm at an event, or doing extroverted things, then I might need to take a step back later on and just recharge by being being by myself. And so when I when I share that with them, I say, look, I have introverted tendencies myself. I never thought that I would be a face anywhere, right? But that's what attracts you. It helps you stand out. I'm curious your point of view on the idea of a personal brand and leveraging that in and around the marketing aspects. 
Well, you definitely need to know what it is about you and what you do and how you work that sets you apart from all the other people who do exactly what you do and are just a click away for your clients. And the trick Mm -hmm. is that it's not always the same thing. And that's why it's so important to know who your ideal clients are, because at least you can make some generalizations about this group of people will appreciate this about me, whereas not everybody will. And so to me, the brand needs to be a response to the market. You have to figure out what does the market need? Who are my competitors? Where is the gap that I can fill? And then that becomes a variation on my brand. And so many people, again, do it backwards. They look at themselves first and then they go out into the market. And sometimes it's not a good match. So I always recommend starting with the market. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I definitely started backwards. No, most people do. As we, I mean, as we're talking here, I definitely started backwards. It took me, I guess, from about 2002 to 2010 to figure out, okay, I got to turn around mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and figure out what it is. If I really want to get to where I want to go, I have to figure out what people are essentially wanting mm-hmm. from me. What, what does what, the world what can need? I do? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So... I know that you're not a fan of social media outside of maybe LinkedIn, right? Because you use that as a, as a tool, as a tool for business. I myself, I've tried just about every platform that's out there and I usually do it as an experiment. I give myself a certain time period and a certain result that I'd like to see. And if it doesn't happen, then away it goes, right? I'm curious to know from your perspective, since the internet and the barrier to entry for marketing, especially for younger entrepreneurs and creative professionals, the idea of marketing is so easy, you know, with LinkedIn and Facebook and all of these other things are giving platforms for marketing. Is there a way in which they can market market effectively in that space that's been effective for say you and I where we're a little bit more on the traditional networking you know almost hand to hand combat sense it's not that i am against social media and i think there is a place for social media the problem is a couple of problems actually one is the expectation that it is easy and all you have to do is tweet or post or do a little video and people are going to not only follow you, but, you know, hand you money and offer you a job. It doesn't work that way. So to me, social media is an excellent tool for connecting and creating visibility or keeping your visibility high, but it's very superficial. And what I think you know, the traditional way that we're talking about of cultivating relationships, I think is the part most people or many people don't understand how you have to use lots of different tools to do that. And, you know, some people do it on social media. The thing is, you have to have the right expectations about what is actually possible and then be consistent with it and know that you're in it for the long run, basically. So it's the expectation of Mm -hmm. social media that I think is a problem, not social media itself. 
That's well said. Yeah, I, I, I got alerted the other day that I had been on Twitter for now 12 mm-hmm. years, which I, I had no idea <laughs> it's been that long, but put things in, in perspective. And only last month did I ever once tweet out something to say, hey, I'm selling this, DM me to buy it. And that was just an experiment because of the market that I had, that my services played in was very emotional at that time. And they were emotional on Twitter and all the other social platforms I saw it too, but they were emotional specifically on Twitter. And that's where I had built all those relationships. And for my business, that was the first time I had many conversations. I wound up getting a a good handful of people into my sales pipeline conversation and wound up getting clients. But it was a like a long haul, 12 years on Twitter before I even tried to sell something that was a high, higher price, higher touch service. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's definitely a really, it's a social network. I call it a cocktail party. You have to kind of meet people, have conversations, see if you can connect, grow those conversations off that platform. And, and I think, I mean, this is where content marketing comes in because I think social media is perfect for disseminating this high quality content so that people can understand better what you do and how you do it. And so when I, you know, use social media, I try to do it in such a way that it's just sharing This is where the marketing tool of generosity comes in, which is kind of the partner of curiosity is you're just sharing information, but it has to be very strategically chosen to position you or to reinforce your positioning to your target market. And I think one of the places people also get confused with social media is that they mix the business and the personal. And so it dilutes your positioning or your brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People ask me all the time, like for a long time, I didn't put anything personal uh, on social media and people didn't know. So it was just kind of broadcasting. And I said, well, I use it for business. I don't post things there for personal, but now I do because it's sort of part of the brand and it gives a little bit of an insight, a window into my world. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I see a lot of people mix, but I, I always say, and I've heard other people talk about this too, is like that don't put something out there on social media if it's not something that you want to live forever and be, associated be with in you. perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. But the other thing about content marketing, I think about it, you said cocktail party. That made me think about marinating because I feel like people need to marinate in my content. That's how I qualify them. Actually, I don't, I'm not ready to talk to anyone unless they're ready to talk to me. So I want you to know by reading my stuff, by watching my videos, by getting my newsletter, I want you to know exactly what I stand for so that when it is obvious that I can help you when and if, because I'm not going to be able to help everyone, then you know exactly what to do, which is sign up for my free mentoring session or, you know, sign up for the newsletter or, but that's what the content is for. It's to help people along in that pipeline towards your sales cycle. Mm, Yeah. So the simplest marketing planner. Now, when you sent over the link, I, I took a look at the, the page in and of itself and 
immediately I thought journal because that seems to be the the thing that a lot of people are doing at this point. But you highlight it there like this isn't a course, this isn't this and that and the other, but you aligned it to a magazine subscription, which I, you know, as somebody who had them <laughs> for a long, long time, I don't have them now, but as someone who has them for a long, long time, that intrigued me. So can you explain a little bit about what this planner is? So every year I come up with a new marketing plan. And this year, what I decided is that because I think people buy it, but then they lose it or they don't use it or they forget about it or they just get busy and do other things. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. So I thought if I create something really simple, it's two pages and it it's a worksheet, basically, that a PDF that you fill in and it's two pages and you get it every month on the first of every month you get it it's kind of the same document every month with slight differences but it's a magazine subscription it's like a subscription in the sense that you get it and the point is it's going to remind you if you forgot to do your marketing if you forgot that you had to do your marketing it's going to remind you mm -hmm. every month oh yeah this is what i should be doing in such a way that you're not going to feel like you're falling behind because it's the same thing every month yeah, it's great because I mean, I, you know, like I said, it it reminded me as soon as you aligned it with that, I'm like, oh, I remember running out to the mailbox mm -hmm. expecting this thing, and it was that excitement that I knew that mm -hmm. that thing was coming. Um, and I think a lot of creative professionals, for sure, that I've talked to, marketing in and of itself is frightening. I mean, we've we've, we've spoken a lot about it, not frightening, but. You know, they're, they're apprehensive towards it. And having this prompt every single month, here's what you need to do here. Let's nudge you a little bit. And here's all you have to do is these two pages. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. couldn't be simpler. And the other thing that I added to it kind of at the last minute, but it seems to be the best part for people is this monthly group coaching call that I call office hours. So once a month on the first Thursday of the month, actually, I send out a Zoom link to everyone who bought the planner and you just show up and I give a little presentation focusing on one aspect of the planner and then I open it up to questions. And the best part is that people see they're not alone because that's the problem with the way we work these days is that everyone's working in isolation and you don't realize that everyone has the same problems. Everyone's struggling with the same thing. And so this is just an opportunity to see, oh, that person doesn't have a very good elevator pitch either. Or, oh, they need to fire their client too. Or, you know, anything like that. You just see the pricing problems. I mean, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that in and of itself with Feast as well. I mean, we, we have these monthly group coaching calls. I call them roundup calls. And really, it's just a community coming together and having a discussion and helping each other. And it's 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 funny. I mean, I, I still, to this day, I mean, I had a really busy week and I get stuck in my own head and I'm like, ah, oh, I, I, there's too much going on. And I had, but I have this one problem and it's really not a problem, like in the grand scheme of things, but it's just, you're so close to it and you're only working by yourself in your office behind a screen and behind a keyboard. There's nobody to kind of tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, let's go to lunch and then hash it out there. But having these monthly calls sounds like, you know, it brings a community together. Before I let you go, I'm curious, 
What's next? What's next in the next six, 12 months for you? Well, what I see, I mean, this new planner and the group coaching that I'm doing is relatively new. And I see that expanding because it seems like people really do want more community, more exposure to colleagues, more feedback from their peers. So I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like yet, but I'm listening for what the market is going to tell me it needs so I can provide it. Well said. Taking of course, your I have to practice what I preach, Jason. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your experience and your insights with us. Uh, where can folks reach out and say thanks? It's marketing-mentor.com and everything is there. You can sign up for my quick tips. You can sign up for a free mes- mentoring session. You can find the Simplest Marketing Planner. You can find my YouTube channel. You can find my podcast. It's all at marketing-mentor.com. Great. And we'll definitely put all of those links in the show notes for you to quick link off of that. And thanks again for coming on and sharing all of this with you. I got to go change my LinkedIn profile now. So (laughs) if you're listening out there and you don't have your elevator pitch or it's not attracting yourself in your profiles on social media, then go ahead and, and do so as well. It's a great action item to take away from this show, if nothing else. So thanks Thank again, Thank you for Elise. the invitation. And till next time, it's your time to live in the feast. Are you doing marketing backwards? Is your business a variation of the market? Ask yourself these questions. What stands out to you? Next week, your answers to those questions that I just asked you will tie directly into the conversation I had with Mike Killen about sales, marketing, and building funnels for your business. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast.